or or even maybe even flattening them all and putting all of all of the extra doodads that come in all of the other boxes inside their own one box or something. Yeah, like know. a box of a box of stuff. A box of boxes. <laughs> I say we do. You say we do. I say we do, dearie do. We have a quorum. Uh, that's not the word. I don't know. Those are words. We got a thing. We've got a thing, dude. Uh, what episode is this? Seventy-seven, man. Seventy-seven. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought we were still on seventy-six. I was gonna try to celebrate seventy-six again. What a ding dong. Yeah. No, seventy-seven dude, today, baby. We seventy-seven episodes. Yeah, man. It's crazy, right? Just pat ourselves on the back for a minute, to our own feels horns good. if we can. Feels nice. Feel, <laughs> feels good. Making big, making big changes in the world here. <laughs> Gearbuds Podcast episode seventy-seven. Crazy number. I'm Henry. Who are I, you? I'm Dave. What's up? Hi, Dave. Hi. It's so it's so hard to get that timing right when we're not in the same room. I I know. I, we, know that's a, that's so an eye much. contact kind of thing. You know, an eye it contact is. scenario. I, I cannot wait to do this podcast in a room with you. Again I know, someday. dude. It's hopefully it is, someday soon. It's man. been we can, so we can long. Work this shit out. Yeah, I we think really. It's time for us to work it out. Yeah, we can work it out. I mean, we're fucking. I'm. I don't see people ever other than stupid, stupid bandmate. Yeah, he's not stupid. He's he's a smart, he's a lovely person. man. Why did I call him stupid? I don't know. Can I just I'm, say something? You know, I feel yeah. like we're on. We're in a really good mood today. Um, we can talk about it a little bit. But big bears win last night. Um, we are in a really good mood today. I'm noticing that too. Good, yeah, it, and it, you're right, dude. You're it has right. a lot is, to do it with it. It is because of that Bears win yeah. last night. I thought we were going to get smoked <laughs> by Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Um, and, and any yeah. of our fans who've listened, you guys know we are the meatball we're meatballs, game. dog. Yeah, we we do love the Bears. We celebrate all things football on on this podcast very rarely, but uh, you know we got to let them know that uh, the Bears didn't look awful last night. You know, especially in the second half, they looked pretty good. So. There were moments they didn't look awful. They held it together. The defense, I mean, the defense stepped up. And, Dude, that offensive you know, it was line. Just, that might be the handle. last time we played Tom Brady. Yeah, as, yeah. As, as a Chicago Bears team, we, as in, as if you and I get up we were out there, man. Suit up and we were focused. Tackle. We were there in spirit. We were texting back and <laughs> forth with Stingray. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were talking through the whole thing. It was well, it was dude. Here's the good. thing. Here's a gear budsy thing. I tried not to do that because, and as Stingray has pointed out to me, sometimes depending on how you watch it, mm-hmm. we're not all getting, we're not all in the same moment of the game, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, not even thinking about the fact that people are watching on DVR and pausing the game and doing that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, and going through the commercials I, and stuff. I'm just watching the old like digital antenna version, uh, and apparently I was, that is like 15 to. 30 seconds faster than the stream that Stingray was watching. I was streaming on Amazon, so I was probably where, where he was or or maybe even at a yeah. different time, you know. Cuz there are there are multiple streams out there. It's mm-hmm. a wild world. So yeah, it's I definitely realized cuz there were a few moments where crazy things happened. I wanted to say something and I was like, "They they haven't seen that yet." So I've got to just <laughs> I've got to not. You know what's funny, man? I think I've talked about this, but my TV, like my antenna just doesn't even work anymore inside my apartment. Like to get just the actual you know, the actual through the air coaxial HD. Why not? Dude, it just will not, no matter where I position it in the house, it will not get, once in a while it'll come in a little bit and it'll be all pixely and then it'll be like the commercials work but then as soon as they run a play it gets all choppy again and Mandy, Mandy has this joke she's always like, it's like they're going cut, Lil Mac, you know, it's just, it's all like, <laughs> it's like the audio is even pixelated so you can't even it's, hear what's uh, going on. The, it's, the, the Wayne's World uh uh, drive uh, it's uh, exactly drive that it's exactly that so so i say i say screw it i'll just stream it on prime or wh- wherever yeah. it's available you know 
Um, I've gone through the same thing, man. I have the antenna, and I and then I also because you know I have my dad because I'm a grown up. I have my dad's TV logins for stuff, so I yeah. can like watch all the cable stuff. Yep, me too. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we're grown men. And so I l- compared last night, and and I actually I determined that the audio quality, the the video quality was pretty similar, maybe a little bit better through from the digital just yeah. antenna, but the audio quality was substantially better. Uh, in the digital broadcast than the stream so i was just like oh i bet that makes sense it's it's crazy to hear how compressed it was yeah even because you know how when you're streaming it'll still it'll sometimes be like kind of just crummy 480 quality and you hear the audio go down a little bit with it too and then it jumps back up to whatever and yeah yeah uh, you the audio man even at its highest resolution wasn't even close to as good as what i was getting just through the the over the air monitor that's funny uh, i do miss that deal well and this is kind of goes a little strange because obviously we don't have real fans in the stands right now anyways, but right. I will say there's something about having football on through the actual TV channel and hearing that crowd. It's like, it just brings you back to being a little kid, you know, and watching games. It so. is. Uh, it's still, it's, I, I, I wish the fan, th- if they were going to do the digital fan thing, I wish it was a little better. We've, we've definitely yeah. belly ached a, a little bit about that on this show. It's just, you know, you get, you, you realize how seasoned you are t- to listen for crowd reactions to yep. stuff. Like you expect booze to happen yep. and, and groan and and it's 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 a very jarring experience not having that lineup yeah absolutely yeah it's uh it's it's funny well it's kind of like you know to go back into the gear world of it all you know it's how our ears are kind of trained to say oh well i like the sound of a stratocaster through a you know a deluxe you know it's just kind of you know it, you, your ears just become tuned to that exact note you know basically yeah it's so it's getting getting your ears tuned, dog. I love and it. I agree with you. And that's been that's been this that's been this episode's uh, edition of gear, uh, Sports Buds, I guess. <laughs> meet, meet, meatball Buds. That's right. All right, dude. What do you say? Let's just let's uh, let's get in the symphony here. Let's uh, dive seventy-seven. No, no real corrections to to speak of because yeah. that's just how we do things around here now. Uh, even though this is called the Symphony of Corrections, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Thank you for listening and being nice to us and liking things and following us on the old Instagram at GearBuds podcast and fod and fod fod pace fod pace cast and Facebook subscribe Spotify Apple podcast blah 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 uh, ooh I do have some free stuff to talk about oh, this cool. week uh, very quickly I haven't actually used it yet but it's very cool it is a, the BBC has put out all of this free to use uh, they're more like sound effects and. Uh, types of things that you it's not like uh free, they're, they're samples they're sounds but it's mm-hmm. not like uh you know loops and guitars and stuff like that it's more sort of like found sounds and oh, you know fun. chimes and whatever uh so i'm gonna i'll get that link up there because it's pretty neat i kind of love that yeah that's and awesome. uh you know i decided to i decided to evolve uh our new favorite subsegment bad fucking ideas into mm-hmm. something else a little bit different this week and i don't know i don't know it looks like you've got i think you've got the outline open too it seems like yep, i can see I sure you jumping do. around in there so I this week for the first time uh, maybe in like ever or, or at least a year or so I put a little screenshot in there because this was just this is just something else. Uh, yeah. I, we we started talking about it before the podcast, but you know I've been doing a lot of Craig, a lot of Craigslisting lately, and uh, so I've been seeing a lot of crazy ads. And this one just I mean this one just it it was something it jumped out so much it's so that I special. had to actually screenshot and save it forever before it got re- removed. Oh yeah, uh, it's it's it, the the subject line is. 
re, you know, in response, colon, and then somebody's name, and I'm not going to say it because this is <laughs> wild. It's just some dude's name. And then it says $1,500 is the price in Chicago. And then I'm just going to read it verbatim, okay. even, you know, typos and all. Yeah. What's a matter, princess? You hoping to trick people into somehow buying your overpriced horse shit? <laughs> Never going to happen, moron! All caps. <laughs> uh, see... Oh, I love... I mean... I, mean, just I love like, this oh. stuff, man. I, You know, I it used to bother me to see these things when I was, like, really hunting for gear and, like, really into, like, oh, this guy's taking up space on my on my feed and all that stuff. Now I just get pure enjoyment out of this stuff, man. I, I hope they keep them coming. Me too. Oh, please, please, please never stop being shitty on Craigslist yeah. and, and and amusing us. Um, uh, I don't know. I feel like I, I just wish there was a maybe there. Maybe we should repost this uh, picture somewhere uh, and we'll just like blank out the, the, the dude's name. Yeah, because it's yeah. just it's so good. Dude, we and should we should definitely I'll we'll put her up on the old Facebooks next week and I'll just uh, I'll block out the guy's name so they can't see it, which is hilarious that the guy responded with the seller's full name just to like call him out in in the world of Chicago Craigslist, which I just exactly. love, dude. And, you know, I got to say, man, it's like, you know, this kind of stuff. I, I don't get tired of it. I hope these guys keep going. I hope people don't flag these and take them down. They're just too fun. Um, it's all in good fun. It's the Wild West out here, especially on Craigslist. You know, it's the Wild West. And, I, and I'll say I don't I in no matter do I support this ding dongs language and certain misogyny calling the dude princess and all that. Bullshit. Right. Of course. Very rude. What just like a real shitty way to do it, but mm-hmm. I also am fully entertained by how much of an asshole this guy is. So yeah, please keep doing yeah. it. Yeah, and in the you know in the the anonymity of of never being found out, I'm sure he's he's quite happy with himself. You know, dude. You know what? While as long as we're as long as we're just belly aching about Craigslist stuff real fast, let's just keep going because I've been noticing a lot of stuff and taking notes lately. Let's so do let's it. just let's do let's it, just man. do it. Okay, so do all right. First of all, just some can we can we talk some some pet peeves real fast? Let's go, man. All right. When when people call something a Fender Squire or a Gibson Epiphone, <laughs> yeah. perhaps an ESP LTD, we all we all know what they are. You don't have to call it a Fender Squire. And also, when you call it a Squire, it, it's not pronounced Squire like the Squire to a knight. No. Uh, it, uh, S-Q-U-I-R-E. It is S-Q-U-I-E-R. That, yes. and that, 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 just, that just tickles me every I, time. Yeah, I get that too. And, and again, to kind of to kind of go off that, like if you're if you're searching like keyword Fender, like let's say I'm looking for a Strat, I'm not going to buy a Squire. Like if I'm looking for a Fender, I'm going to type Fender in. I'm, I'm not going to, no offense to people who have Squires, they're great guitars. But if you're looking for a Fender, chances are you're not going to go, oh, actually this squire i'm just gonna buy this instead no not gonna happen Dude, it's just all it, it just immediately screams i am new to doing this and i'm trying to screw you over to get more money out of you yeah that, well Come yeah on. for sure um but you know Come that on, that being said i i am not against you know when people have like the the block of keywords at the bottom of their ad and oh, i don't I'm know if all this about is keywords dude i'm a search boy yeah I, i'm all about keywords but you're talking in the headlines in there for you're sure. talking in like headline. the listing yeah yeah I to totally call agree. it a fender squire bullet strap like <laughs> no it's not dude get out of here with that shit it's great or a, Gib- a gibson epiphone les paul it's it's an epiphone that's and, even weirder and epiphone to me. is owned by gibson but that's not what it's called the gibson epiphone one is even weirder to me because they never actually as far as i know they don't put gibson and epiphone on the same headstock whereas fender they do put like squire by fender like in small letters you know sometimes um, yeah for sometimes. sure i get that so i and i can't think of an instance where i've seen an epiphone that's also said gibson like underneath it or something like that but maybe i'm wrong you'd probably know you know that's that. a, this is a good one for <sighs> I feel like I've seen 
on on a trust rod cover, but I yep. might also just be making that up in my brain. Me so too. this is a good, this is a good thing for us to to reference perhaps next weekend Absolutely. in the, the next symphony. <laughs> okay. Uh ESP LTD, I feel like they they do say that sometimes. Yeah. Uh sort of our LTD but ESP sort of situation. So I, that doesn't bother me. So the me. LTD is the, just, is the squire of the ESP basically is that I, I don't know much about ESPs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. For sure. Uh, but but LTD is is generally of higher quality than squire is, I would Yeah, add, okay. Mm-hmm. You know. But that, that's that. I mean, either and not to not to shit on all squires or something I like. No, oh, God, well, you get, you have a squire base qualify. at your practice base, so you know. And, oh, dude, t- s- nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, here's one. Uh, I actually just copied and pasted this guy's because I don't I don't understand what the, I don't understand what this means. Uh, this was just w- in in a, in a listing for, for something. I don't even remember where, what it was, but it, that's not important. But within the listing, the dude said. COVID hawks and he, and he capitalized hawks. Mm. COVID hawks. Please don't bother me. Two exclamation points. Okay. What's a, what's a COVID hawk? I don't know. Um. I'm, first of all, I, I have to say I like the term COVID hawks. It has kind of a nice ring to it. You know. But is it? Are you? Is that like saying they're like against being? Uh. You know. Uh, are they're, they're like they're, they're the sort of person that's like policing other people's usage of it, like saying like, oh, you're not wearing a mask or something, or maybe or is, or it, are is they, it the opposite? Well, maybe he's like, yeah, maybe he's like, dude, I'm not going to wear a mask when you come up and pick up this thing, so like, don't, don't, you know, let me just get that on the table now. Oh, maybe that's so, what he's saying, which, oh, which would be horrible. pretty, like, pretty crazy. But then, what if a COVID hawk is like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, people either selling, you know, liquidating a lot of gear that they need. And they're oh, and they're they're lowballing dude, people because they that, know that they need to get rid of it. Maybe yeah, that's a COVID right. hawk. Like like if you had something for sale for five hundred, and I was like, bro, I'll give you two hundred for it. I know you need the money. Maybe that would make me a COVID hawk. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of. Oh my god! I had that exact here. thing happen to me earlier today. I'm glad you you brought that up. Yeah. I had I I've got a you know we've talked about it. I've got that the big rotating gear list where I'm just like. I've got pictures of some of the stuff, but it's just like a big screenshot of a bunch of shit that I have for sale or trade. And that's yeah. constantly changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, I had a dude uh, email me this morning being like, Hey, I've got this stuff. Actually, I've got a micro brute. Uh, would you be interested in trading for that? I've also got these Apple AirPods, which I'm just like, I'm not going to, I don't want your old AirPods. Yeah. Gross. Uh, but it, that would, I mean, frankly, if the, that those two things for, for he wanted my Behringer, the model D I have that like model D, uh, the Moog clone. Yeah. The synth. Thing. And, uh, I was like, oh no, I, I, I literally got a micro brute yesterday. Sorry, man. And, yeah. and, uh, he's like, oh, well, like, would you, would you take 200 cash for it? And, and I, and I, and it all day they're, they're 300 new all day you get them 250 to 275, 200 is like an extreme low ball on what Pretty this low. thing is. Yeah. And, uh, and I, and I just, and I, I didn't, I, I just, I don't know. I've gotten so many sort of crappy offers on stuff that I just said, of course not. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the response was sort of like, oh, I didn't mean to offend you. I just like, what, what would be the right Maybe amount? he was, was trying like, to negotiate. He started low and then, you know, you could come back with 250 or something, but yeah, right. I, I, but you, you got COVID hawked, I think, bro. That's, I, that's the point is that I think <laughs> I got COVID hawked. Yeah. Maybe that's, I mean, I need to add that to my listings. COVID hawks, please don't bother me. Well, this is the best part. So, so first of all, if anybody ever listed anything on Craigslist, you are going to get people who will be lowballing the crap out of what you've right. listed. It's just it's part of the game, you know. So the fact that the guy like put it up front almost makes me want to COVID hawk his listings now, you know. So I might well, I might look through those and just dude. I mean, don't bit. get me wrong. A low ball is a low ball. I'm not hating the game, the player. I, you know, it's the hate the game situation. Sure. 
that said, we'd already had a couple emails back and forth. So, you know, I, right. he knows my name and, and we've had some good faith negotiation. And then you drop an extreme low ball on me. Uh, I just, I'm not going to, if you give me, if you give me that sort of crummy offer, I'm going to give you that sort of crummy response. I, I agree, man. My point um, I agree. And uh, COVID hawk, I, look, I want to go back to it. I kind of like the way it, it's, it's fun to say. Like, dude, don't be a COVID hawk. You got COVID hawked, you know? So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to hang on that, hang on to that one in the back pocket, I think for sure. Back pocket's the right place for yeah, it. Yeah. Oh, I got another one here. All right. Uh, getting very, it really, I really don't like when people get very excited in the, in this headline of an ad. Like, especially, especially when it's something that isn't something to get excited about people uh, there. Here's one. Wow. Exclamation point. Super rare. 1999 Epiphone really is your, is your 1999 <laughs> Epiphone super rare. And is it worth a wow in the headline of the listing? Oh, that's I, hilarious. I mean, come on. Come it's on, like, I'm excited know. about it. How come you aren't, you know, I, I'm maybe I would be excited about it. I think it was, a, I think it was a 12 string too, which mm. maybe that, maybe, Does that, maybe make that rare? is, maybe that is, maybe that is probably slightly more rare. I'm not going to say that it isn't rare, but also to put wow, exclamation point it. in That's super, great. super rare in the headline. I don't know, man. Come on. That seller's trying to get you maybe, pumped up, man. Maybe if you're putting your, your burst on Craig's, on your local Craigslist, yeah. then you can say, wow, super rare, yeah. 1958 Les Paul. Yeah, I've got a 55, you know, Strat or something. That's pretty rare. Like, you know, so I, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I appreciate the enthusiasm. I think the world needs more exclamation points in a positive way. And I think it was a positive exclamation point. So, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to him on that one for sure. I think, I think we have, I think you and I have different viewpoints on <laughs> in general i'm i'm not super pro exclamation point wow but here dude here's here's okay here this is interesting okay so i saw this headline and it was all caps and it was it just said pv and rack equipment and and not equipment equipment okay wow but not saying what pv just like everyone should know that when i say I'm selling a PV. Mm-hmm. You know what it is. Um, I mean, I would have a, a, a guess as to like what three PVs it might be, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it doesn't. It didn't say amp or anything like that. No PV okay. and rack equipment. That's great. It, you know, it, it kind of makes me. You know, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but it kind of makes me want to click on that link and be like, what, what is it? So did he have photos? Did he have you more You can bet your sweet ass that I did click on that link, and you can also bet that I have no idea what was in it because I don't remember. <laughs> it wasn't. Uh, it didn't Because leave, I was so taken. Dude, I was taken by the fact that this person just thought everyone would think. Like, what am I missing out on that I didn't know that everyone just goes like, oh, yeah, if I'm going to call it a PV, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's so I was, dude. So okay, so when I this was, <laughs> you were busy or something. This was a couple days ago, and I yeah. and I clicked on this link, and I for some reason I, I I just knew to send. It was not the time to send it to you, and I was talking to Max. Yeah, I sent it to Max, former former guest of this podcast, and uh, overall good dude. Who, by the way, he's been putting out some pretty sweet. Uh, cover videos on the old YouTube oh, cool. of his favorite band Cardiacs who mm. uh, I, I don't know dude I don't know if you've checked them out since we talked about it on that on that episode but Cardiacs are wild yeah, it might man. be a little it might be a little bit too goofy in some ways for you like a little too kind of like all over the place weird okay. uh, goofiness gotta be in and, the mood for it yeah but I th- I mean it rips it's awesome hell yeah anyways 
and he and I and he, and and we're, we started talking about this, and he suggested that you know how sort of like Kleenex is just like the term for all tissue or whatever. There's, there's a, there's a word for that. I right. can't remember what it's called, like a colloquialism, but it's not that anyways, that term, uh, we did, he decided that a PV is just what you call anybody's first amp. Yes. I like that because like, chances are it was first of all. And secondly, I think everybody's first amp was probably in the, in the ballpark of PV or a similar brand, right? Like you ask someone, what was your PV? The answer might be PV. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I like that. Right? Yeah. yeah what we, we got a, he nailed it. First try. We were talking about it in his first response. Instantly was just everybody's first amp. I was, was like, well, there it is. Oh, that's great. I, yeah. We got to figure out what that's. Yeah. It's like the, the, the tissue and Kleenex thing. Like you just call it Kleenex. Right. It's actually called tissue. I love that. That's great. What was your What was your PV? Ah, oh, PV. <laughs> Mine was actually a PV. My first amp. It was a uh, a little twenty five watt solid state, and it had the push pull overdrive knob on it, which I thought Dave's was PV cool. was a PV. Yep, absolutely. What was your first PV? My PV was a Radio Shack. Oh no way! And it also had well, it wasn't a push pull. It was the volume knob had a, like a little click point on it, and then beyond that, it would cool. it would it would overdrive. Oh, that's awesome! And I remember going to my first jam with it. When I was, you know, probably twelve or something, and, and my dad's friends, who were you know in like their thirties or forties or something, were uh, invited me to come to their blues jam, and I brought it and like instantly saw their big amps and was so embarrassed. I like stood, I like walked into the room and like put the amp down and then tried to stand in front of it, oh, to, man. Like, so they wouldn't see. They're like, oh no, just plug it in, man. You uh, know, little red rooster. That's funny, dude. I've, I've yeah, we've all been there though too. My PV was a Radio Shack dog. Yeah, man. What? Yeah, was it just like a little like twenty watt thing or something like a little practice? Amp oh, thing? probably less than that. Yeah, I 15. would guess maybe ten watts. Right, maybe. right. You know, definitely not enough to have really kept up with this sort of drunken blues jam. I'll be honest. I wish I still had my first PV for sure. Because now that I think about it, it was a cool little amp, man, and it would have been a great just a little house practice amp, maybe even a little recording amp. It had an overdrive, so you know. I honestly it. think I left it there. Was supposed to get it back, never did, and then and then got it and got a new amp. Or no, no, that's right. Maybe I. I think I already had my next amp that I had. I had a one. I got my first big amp was a hundred watt Fender Solid State. It was the Fender Stage One Hundred. Okay. And um, that amp actually ruled, by the way, and sounded awesome. With yeah. A, I had a Celestion One Twelve, like hundred watt speaker in there, and I sold that probably like ten years ago. But um, it was I was I was like oh, I'll just bring the Radio Shack with you know mm-hmm. it was easier to carry over there, and then I just left it there. Right. And then never got it back. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> But you can bet that that Radio Shack amp is accounted for in my Master Gearless document. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, you go way back with that. Whew, all right. I, that was, uh, you, you know, should we, question for you. Yeah. Should we Should we keep moving or should we talk about all of the Craigslist deal, deal stuff that's been going on this week? Or yeah, should we, let's we keep, maybe get into some segments? No, let's get into, uh, since while we're on the Craigslist hotness, I mean, all you, right, you all made right. some big some big moves this Dude, week. we're mixing it up this week. It's, you know what, because we don't have a guest. It's just, just us cutting it up. We can do whatever we want. Do whatever it's our podcast. We want. It's our podcast. All right. What 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 has happened? Wow. Okay. So I know we already touched on some of this stuff, and and this is not Craigslist, but I did get that X8P interface, and it is life changingly awesome. I've yes. been having so much awesome fun with that, and 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 we haven't mentioned it yet, man. But it's very exciting for me. I now have my my space, my studio space, four days a week instead of two. Yeah, so that's huge, man. Thing big things are are afoot. 
uh, with that. But it, having the X8P at the heart of it all, I wanted to mention it again because I don't think I did a, a great job of thanking Universal Audio last time, who actually were, were very kind in, in, in the accommodations that they offered. And, and I wanted to thank you for that. This, this podcast, every – okay, no, I can't say that. At least 70 – plus of the episodes have all been done on universal audio we didn't we didn't use this interface when we recorded the uh the nam ones because you brought your focus right right this this podcast has been brought to you by universal audio from day one so awesome uh, just love love those folks thanks for having been on the show and taking care of us with all wonderful sorts of things but uh craigslist stuff dude okay all right whoa that let's let's talk about can we let's talk about that silver tone guitar okay because we already mentioned that last week, mm-hmm. and man, I the more I play it, the more I'm in love with it. That guitar is super sweet, and there is a lot, there is a huge world of people that love this guitar. In fact, just this week, Jeff Tweedy had one that no. came back from from Scott Baxendale. The same, like the same. In fact, my the one that my my model that I have is a little bit nicer than the one that has started off with. But this guy takes them completely, takes them apart, and then replaces because the the wood and all the everything that w- that went with it is awesome and old and like you know some of it's Brazilian rosewood. It's possible my my neck has Brazilian rosewood on it. I don't, wow. I, I can't say that for sure. Uh, but he takes the top off and then replaces because it had the way that they made them so cheaply was they were a ladder braced sort mm-hmm. of like like the like the student model like the gibson that you have the lgo mm-hmm. like that's yep. what they're known for they have this this ladder bracing he takes that he takes that off and then makes hand like hand tuned x bracing mm-hmm. and rebraces these guitars wow. so it's weird because i have actually like love this guitar the way as it is right now sure. but you know knowing that this dude out there who he, and and it, his story is crazy i read a bunch of his articles and stuff and, and interviews and stuff with him uh, he you know started in i can't remember if it was groons or one of the really big shops in the you know 60s or 70s then and ended up having his own shop for a long time was the guy for old Martins forever and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually he, and he makes his own custom instruments too, but eventually he just really discovered his love for these particular types of harmony and silver tone guitars that he then rebuilds and has his whole shop is kind of like built around that now. Oh, cool. Okay. But so I, you know, of course my thought is like, well, should I have them do mine? But I don't, I like, I really I mean, like, if you like how it is, is yeah, you know, yeah. But if the 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 tinkerer in me can't help but think, well, how much better could it be? Do you know what the uh, what the model is exactly? Did you mention that, dude? It's so it's the the weird thing about these old guitars right. is they they called like almost everything a th- the three one nine. Okay. So uh, you will find electric and acoustic guitars of all shapes and sizes when you look up something like Silvertone three one nine. But so mine has in the the head on the headstock i never i i don't know if you i'm sure you've seen it before but i always thought it was like a butterfly mm-hmm. it's like that's that sears roebuck butter logo but it, it turns out it actually says sr i didn't realize that until very recently it's like a fucking ding dong yeah I didn't see but it. it's it's so it's a sears roebuck silver tone 319 and then it's dot dude and then it's like literally eight numbers after that i think or some something very close to that it gets it gets squirrely when you try to actually date these things and get exact information about them yep yeah it seems like it's 60s it's uh and made in japan i know that it was definitely made in japan Mm -hmm. and it's and and positive that it was basically there they directly took the shape for my the one that i have they directly took the shape and other than the bracing everything about a martin the 0017 which is like a very you know obviously very famous shape and desirable guitar and then just made it in japan right uh, for a lot cheaper with ladder ladder bracing in it 
And it, dude, it just sounds really good. And I was nervous because I put, obviously I, I play in my weird tuning and put heavy strings yeah. on and stuff. So after like a couple of days, I noticed that the, the neck had definitely bowed and I was like, Oh fuck, this is, this is the, cause this is always, that's always the true test of an old guitar. Yeah, if right. it still has, if it still has anything left in the truss rod. Exactly. I was like, well, here, here goes nothing. So took the, took the uh, truss cover off and, uh, you know, adjusted it probably even a little more than I would have wanted to, like at least a full, eventually like a full half turn, mm-hmm. you know, two quarter turns and it took it and it straightened right out, dude. Really? It, it is like unbelievable how well that fucking, you know, 50 plus year old truss rod worked. That's awesome, dude. I couldn't believe it. I wow. could, not, could not believe it. So yeah, it is, uh, it is back and, and as good as, as good as ever, man. I'm, I play it every day. Well, it's, it's like, um, yeah, I mean, that's always the gamble when you buy an old guitar and, and, you know, again, you got a good price on it and everything, but the seeing, you know, judging by the way it looks, you know, if people haven't seen it, it's up on our uh, GearBuds Instagram page. Um, sure. it, it's, it's got some, you know, it's got some, some wear and tear and it looks like you said mm. somebody might've tried to, you know, strip the finish off the top at one point and gave up on it. I don't really know. They, um, somebody definitely, so there, it has wear, like a bunch of wear marks and it had some, you know, finish cracks and yeah. somebody definitely at one point tried to fill those with what looks to be like lacquer but you know at this right. point that lacquer is aged another probably 30 40 years so yeah. i've i do i don't know like i don't i don't know exactly but it looks it seems to me like there it was where there was some wear pattern from playing because the guitar has definitely been played a lot which is obviously a good sign right uh it, it so it seems like somebody tried to maybe like bring it back to new and then we're like oh you can't just like refill you can't <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm, dude, I'm glad it worked out for you, man. Cause I mean, you know, it's a crapshoot yeah. when you buy an old guitar like that. And, uh, like I said, it was a good deal and, and that's really all you can ask for, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the deal was, was where it's at. And of course, you know, like we talked about, I got it because even if I, I, I wanted to learn something about it, I think that, that these old guitars are cool and, and I got lucky with that one. And now of course it's, it's opened up this whole world where I like, I'm always going to have my eyes open for these specific ones. That oh are just yeah. Like the good ones or whatever. Absolutely. I'll ne- I'll never ever get this, that deal, that level of deal again. So that right. means I'll probably never actually get another one cause I'll feel weird paying less money for it, but yep. Or more money, I guess I should say. Uh, that guitar was cool, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, so much stuff. I'm looking at this list here. Yesterday, I got the uh, Arturia Micro Brute SE, which is a little analog synth. That's yeah. super sweet. Tell us about that. Because, you know, you sent me the picture, but we didn't really get to talk yeah. about it too much. Yeah, I just got it last night. That was uh, I, I joked. I was like, oh, I almost didn't make a deal today because it was just another thing. Dude, <laughs> sent, dude sent me an email and was like, hey, I've got all this stuff. And so I... Another deal that I'll talk about is I've been making more of a push to get video gear and, and camera stuff to start making some some YouTube videos and mm-hmm. whatnot and maybe make some GearBuds related content. And anyways, this guy and so this guy actually messaged me. I was like, hey, I've got all this video stuff. Would you be interested in trading your? I, I was because I had the Game Changer plasma pedal listed. That pedal's cool and and it's and it looks really super sweet when you have it plugged in. But I've just like. First of all, I would never put it on a pedal board because I'd be afraid that I'd break the stupid glass. Not stupid. It, I mean, it's a little stupid, but the kind of stupid glass tube thing on the inside. Oh, yeah. Um, and I also just like, it, it, I never fell in love with it. Anyways, I had that listed and the dude was like, hey, I've got all this stuff and then all this camera stuff. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So did you, did he know the, you were looking for camera stuff at the time? Well, no, he didn't. Wow. And then I said, and then I said, I was like, hey, actually, by the way, like I happen to be looking for cameras. I've just got a Canon 7D a couple days ago. Like here's the other stuff that I have. And he's like, oh, here's blah, blah, blah. And like listed everything out. And he definitely had way more and like fancier and expensive type stuff than I need or probably will ever need, frankly. Right. Um, 
you know, so, but it was, I guess it was interesting to, to learn about some of that stuff. And after going down that crazy rabbit hole, it's kind of just like, you know what? Well, I, you do have this one lens that I want, which is just a 50 millimeter Canon, you know, prime lens, which, you know, I'd, I'd already even said that I was going to try to get that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, well, you've got that one. Uh, and, and we actually wound up, he traded the, the mini brute or micro brute SE in the original box, which, you know, I love, Oh God, that made me happy because it also has that. This is the limited edition version. The main version that is still for sale is black. Uh, and this one is white and it came with like a custom and unused carry bag for it, which is awesome. Oh really? Yeah. It's super cool. I so love stuff like that. Little me bonus. too, man. And it's really nicely made. I was very surprised when I took it out of the box and looked at it. Traded the the lens and the micro brute straight up for that pedal. So I definitely, I mean, if you're talking straight up just like cash values, I, I came out on the on the positive end on that one. But also just in terms of things that I'm going to use, I have already used the 50 millimeter lens twice. Today, oh, great, so, you know. dude, that's awesome. Um, yeah. And and is the micro so is that like a new thing? Like, can you still buy them now? It looked like a vintage, like just the you ones. Can, no, no, it's a new it. thing. You can still buy it. Uh, cool. The the not the the SE, the version I have, which is all white and uh, yeah, it like came with the bag. You can't get that one anymore. Gotcha. But the the main one, yeah, you can definitely still get it. And it's cool because it's an analog synthesizer. You know, there's no digital anything. It's uh, and it and it also has different things that you can do with control voltage. Uh, so it's basically semi-modular. You can patch things within itself or in and out from it to other stuff mm-hmm. um, and control it and, and do all kinds of crazy sound sculpting stuff. It's really fun. I, I've had a lot of fun. It has a built-in sequencer, cool. which, you know, you basically just like play the keys and then yeah. press press play and then it cycles through all the keys that you play. I love that. Which is, as someone like, I'm a decent keyboard player, but I'm not awesome. So yeah, it's not. really fun to just have like a sequence running. And then that's when you go through and tweak all the sounds and you yep. can hear what everything sounds like. And it's got, you know, I think, I don't know if it's eight or 10. So you can actually feasibly have, you know, a, a set worth of stuff in there mm-hmm. saved as sequences. So I've been having some fun with it. I'll definitely bring it over the space for Mark to to play around with and we'll get the full jam. Because we've got, we've got a full synth setup going on in there right now, which is oh, I pretty bet, neat. Dude. Yeah, might as well. Uh, so yeah, dude, they got that. Oh yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And then I, this one, this one still, I can't believe it happened. And I have to thank Cappy for this one. I know that he sometimes listens to the show, but he's not, I mean, he's a guitar player, but he doesn't really, he's not like a huge gear guy or anything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, the other day I, again, related to, and this is coming back to that post and, and you know, and I'll say, I think I might be starting to trend. I've seen a couple people have like big gear dump posts on Craigslist lately, but yeah, I'm going to bring it back to that one. I, same. I got a response to that. And so this guy was like, Hey, uh, I see you're looking for some drum cymbals and, and, uh, stands and stuff. I have, I've got a bunch of that. And also like want a couple of your things, want to make a deal. I was like, heck yeah, I do. <clears throat> He's out in the burbs. And so we're dealing for a while. And basically he again, gave me just like a great value, great value. Remember those, um, Nady drum mics that I found? Yes. Got those and uh, the uh, the rain interface, which I and mixer that I almost uh, traded with you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Traded those two things, which that thing was cool. I mean, granted, I paid barely any money for it right. at all, but it came from NPR, which is that's pretty it's got awesome. a cool history for sure. It's got yeah. a cool history, and and I've used it, and it sounds great. I'm sure it does. It just, yeah, it's I don't have a need for it and uh for those two things he traded me uh, a new in the box dw 6000 hi-hat stand oh nice which is really nice i've got it set up with a set of a vintage uh 14 inch newbie zildjian hi-hats okay which sound awesome and they're like excellent condition you know they there's some 
uh, like some of the um, label stuff has worn off just from years of people cleaning symbols yeah. or whatever. And then also an 18 inch Zildjian fast crash, which he he went through. He had six different crashes that he was going to sell me, and and like took a video, quick one of each one where oh, he wow. like. Just like with his phone, you know, just tapped it a few times what and crashed nice it. Each, each video was like five or six seconds. And then, and, and, and I'll say, he like, I thought of the ones that he had for uh, for sale or trade, I thought I would have wanted a different one than I, what I wound up with. You know, like really? I, in my mind, based on specs and what I've seen online and stuff, I was like, oh, I think I want that there was this one medium thin crash that I liked or I thought I liked. Mm-hmm. And then he and, the, you know, same same environment, him just tapping each one, then crashing each one. Uh, the 18 the inch fast crash just I think will work better for what I want to do. Do you have a crash so, yeah. symbol already or is that is that your first crash? Yeah, I have a I've got a, a 17 inch a custom crash. Oh, OK. Yeah. Uh, so an, another really nice crash, but it's a little bright and it's a little smaller. I wanted something a little bit bigger and then something with just like not a ton of wash to it. That'll just like give me that like punchy crash that I can hit on like a one, but then won't be something I'd ride or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, realistically, I'm sure I'll, because I'm a, a psychopath, I will eventually have a bunch of different kinds of symbols that I like cycling in and out. But the, the goal right now is just in which I have now finally knock on wood fully achieved is just like the exact one thing of each different slot that I could have, you know? So like yep. the, the, the kick drum, the heads that I want, the beater, the pedal, the, every symbol position, every drum, whatever. Like I have the drum kit I want. I've got the symbols I want. I've got all the hardware I want. And then maybe eventually I'll upgrade or switch, uh, swap things out. But I, I like, I have one of each thing that I want to have at this point. Have you gotten to this stuff you got earlier in the week? So you haven't tested it out yet. Like as far as like the, on the full kit, the, uh, have hi-hat. not yeah that's i got that two days ago so yeah. that yeah i currently just have i had oh and oh and yeah that's right he also just because that's right because and the reason i was thinking cappy is that he was originally going to come out here and then he's kind of being weird you know kind of afraid to drive into the city oh right um, and but he was out in the burbs sort of near cappy so cappy offered to make the swap for me he uh he was out here grabbed the my you know my gear and then drove it to this oh, what a guy and made the swap so nice man yeah i just got it and it's uh yeah i've got a high hat but that was what i was gonna say is he uh because again just like giving me way more value than i felt like he even needed to he's like well i feel bad about not being able to make it out so out to you so he threw in a some a symbol bag like a new zildjian bag and i didn't already have one so dude um, that's cool so yeah i've got the the crash chilling in the symbol bag and the uh the hi-hats just set up that i just like seriously just like go over there and just like kind of step on every once in a while or just like tap them it's like yep those are hi-hats but what the fuck am i gonna do without like sticks or a drum kit to I was play gonna them say, with? like you said hit them with like a wooden spoon or something i like literally that. Yeah. dude but that that's the thing my i have these this like pair of wooden spoons one slotted that's but the funny, the ends the ends are drumstick tips right right no shit like that they're designed that was like the joke they were like a joke gift and i still use them years later that's uh, so that, that is that is what i have played those drums that's kind of before. amazing that you had that you know over anything i love it yeah, well, everything I've got because I had sticks here, but at a certain point, I was like, well, all my drums are at the space. Yeah, so I'm not going like, to play. Drums why would here. I even have like even my my Nord my my drum pad? Uh, even that's over there. So it's like I have literally no reason to have drumsticks here. And now now it turns out I do. I was going to say I, I wanted to say uh, I wanted to ask you first, and we could talk a little bit about drum mics because you know I've been doing some some miking at the rehearsal space yeah. lately. Um, I just want to give a shout out. I didn't know that these were actually this great. But um, we've been using the AKG CP1000s for... Um, the C1000, yeah. The C1000s, yeah, those. Mm-hmm. those. Dude, I got to say... C1000S. Great, great overhead drum mic, and also used it as a double mic on um, miking a guitar cab as well. Um, so 
shout out to those. I mean, we just kind of had them at the space. Jay had them and we were like, let's just set these up and try them out. We have a, we have those vintage coals obviously too, which are great, but I don't like moving them around and like unhooking them and, and, you know, setting them down and stuff like that. So we set up another pair of, uh, overheads with the, uh, with the C1000. So I'm, I'm very happy with how those turned out. And I wanted to ask you what, what you're using over there. Cause I don't know if I ever asked for overheads. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Well, first of all, I'll say I've definitely, I feel like the, the C1000s were kind of sort of similarly like a PV. Those were everyone's first yeah. small diaphragm condensers. Yeah. You, you definitely see those around for sure and have for years. I don't, I don't think they make them anymore, but definitely I'm sure they've been used on a lot of, a lot of recordings throughout mm-hmm. the years. Yeah. It's kind of uh, a benchmark. I have a couple different things that I've been doing for overheads right now. I've been, I'm using that I have set up my drum i've sort of got a modified glenn john setup going on right now so the inside the kick is a uh re20 the uh you know broadcast mic but also like kind of turns out standard for kick drum mics and i and i and i've started to learn why it took me a minute it wasn't instantly like i didn't stick it in and instantly was like oh this sounds great yeah Uh, i had to kind of fight it for a little bit but now i I think i understand more and it also made me realize that i wasn't i was doing a shitty job of muffling my kick drum okay uh so i've got that and the inside and then the left and over over the top are the teledyne um what are they the eo 100 there's like vintage 70s pencil condensers cool i've also uh I've done it a few different ways now, but what, where I have it right now is I'm using that U47, which you love so much on your on your vocal on your voice. Yeah. Um, over like the sort of in between, like over the shell of the kick drum, sort of near the snare, kind okay. of pointing at the snare, so it's doing some. Of, it's kind of getting like a full picture of all all the drums, mm-hmm. and then out in the room. So that's the other thing is because I've got the Cam 184, which is under the other Neumann that is a really awesome pencil condenser. I've tried that as a room mic. I've tried that in a few different places. I haven't like decided my favorite way to do it yet. So it's like, cause the, the way that the overheads, they're not like sort of standard overheads when you do it with that setup, it's more of sort of just like giving you a picture of the drum kit. And it's surprising how much of the snare sound comes from that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, you can, I mean, I have a 57 on the snare, of course, just like you, like you, one would do, but yeah, right. the, the, I, it does not sound right without the overheads. Like it's, you c- you couldn't get by just using like the kick and the snare. Like it doesn't sound right compared okay. to what you'd expect a snare drum to sound like. Mm-hmm. So it's really, yeah, it's been, re- that's been, it's interesting. Cause I've, I've already feel, I already felt pretty comfortable recording drums, but just like learning the space that I'm in and, and learning how to use the interface has been this really interesting thing while also then learning how to play drums while you're doing it too. <laughs> well, it's know? also hard, man, when you're, when you're mic'd, you know, I, I'm assuming you're miking yourself while you practice probably just to try out, you know, your, your new, uh, I have everything set up at all times. Like yeah. literally I could just press record at right. any time and everything. And, and then you, you know, as you know, and, and you've been recording a long time when you're under that microscope, it makes you sound like you're like even worse. Cause you're like, Oh, I was just off by like one, yeah, little, exactly. one little beat or something. But you know, uh, I always tell people not to get discouraged because you know, you still got to add guitars and other kinds of cool shit over that. So you know, you're not going to hear, you're not going to hear those intricacies once you kind of, you know, get a mix going and everything. But, um, that's fucking awesome, man. I'm glad that you've yeah, been dude. practicing and, and keeping it going, man. Well, that's the thing is it's now, and cause like now we're in this, uh, this will be the first weekend starting tomorrow where I have the four day a week thing. So it's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to just let that go to waste. Like I, I've been wanting for this to happen where I have more time in there to like do shit every, every couple, more than just every couple days and yeah. twice a week. Yeah. So now and really not. like take your time too. You don't really have to like rush and be like, Oh, I got to leave here in like two hours and stuff. You know, you can kind of, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be some, some 
interesting stuff to come from there. I think it's, I think it will. We'll see. Yeah. I love it, man. I mean, yeah, we've, you know, it's, it's, we've been going to the space a little bit. I didn't go this week. I was too busy with work and, and other things, but it's, it's definitely, um, I, I've found it difficult to be inspired to write right now. Um, at least writing from scratch, you know, being like, here's a new song, here's a new chord progression. I've just felt, you know, maybe I need, and we talked about this with Mike last week, our guest, Mike, um, you know that. By the way, shout out to Mike Maimoni. Awesome yeah, man. dude. Awesome. Nicest dude ever. Guest. Awesome uh, episode. Just awesome. awesome amazing awesome. musician. Amazing vocals. Amazing recordings. Um, and you know, it was we did kind of bring it up for a second. You know, how do you know how do you get inspired? How do you stay inspired? You know, what do you do? Do you do you turn music off? Do you step away from it for a while? Do you hit it twice as hard when you don't feel inspired? Yeah. You know, and I think the answer is all those things. Sometimes, you know, it's just uh, so. What we've been trying to do is is go in there and um, just try to record some song ideas that we already have, and then kind of use that as also like a. Uh, also simultaneous songwriting process where maybe we change the bridge a little or maybe we really work on this solo or maybe we really dive in and try to um, you know work on that one part to make it just right and that and that you kind of get that creative process and you feel like you're actually doing something as well not just you know getting high and, and jamming you know an A or something like that which, which is, is fun, fun too super <laughs> fun super fun and I can't you know I, I'll forever no, dude, you're right I'll forever play nonsense for the well, rest it's of my reps. life reps even you know yep. you, you you learn you put the song in context you hear you hear what's actually going on because obviously you're never really fully hearing what's going on no matter how good right. your monitoring right. setup is or anything mm-hmm. and you're also feeling more confident recording feeling more confident sculpting sounds learning things about your tone that maybe you change when you're just playing normally and, and your approach to picking and whatever it's, exactly. it's always a good thing to hear yourself yeah yeah exactly no about man. it dude you yeah. know what i was thinking though when you're talking about inspiration yeah what's up you know one of the things that i i usually like to do when i when i need some inspiration what's that i like to turn on dave's Dave. <laughs> oh nice segue bro uh yeah i was i could do a dave's doc we got we got a little got action one? going on you got um, one i got one for today. yeah i do i do um so you know it's funny i've been going like old school lately uh for those who listen to the show every week you've probably noticed i've been like focusing on like the 60s for whatever reason i'm just like stuck in the 60s right now which is great because to me that's like some of the best music ever written um yeah. i i searched far and wide i really wanted to find a documentary about the kinks do you listen to the kinks do you know about the kinks you know, I, I do love some kinks. I, I'm, I'm, you know, mostly uh, familiar via Wes Anderson films, probably. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, didn't really happen as much as it was in the old uh, British Invasion. But, right. Uh, yeah, see, I so when I started, I've got like the, their first record. I don't even remember when I got it, but it's, you know, it's got You Really Got Me on it. And um, oh, what was that other song they had? Um, what, Ray and Dave Davies, right? So it's Ray Davies and Dave Davies, they're brothers. Um, well, I, I should mention brother bands. I should mention. I've, so it was a PBS documentary. I found it deep, deep in the uh, the dark, dark webs, and it's called uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, the Kinks Echoes of the World. And this is a really interesting documentary because it's not it's not the tale of like start to finish Kinks or anything like that. Um, it starts a little bit in their early career, but then it really focuses on this one record they released in 1968 called the Village Green Preservation Society. Um, and this record was basically their, I, I don't really want to compare them to the Beatles because like a, a real Kinks enthusiast would probably like punch me in the face, but mm-hmm. it, it was kind of their Sergeant Peppers in a way because it was them really trying to, um, you know, experiment, 
they they really wrote these like extra British songs, just these kind of kooky, weird, a lot of mellotrons, a lot of experimental instruments, you know, harpsichords, brass sections, you know. But but at the same time, it was this very intimate record because Ray Davies was basically like so what happened was in 1965, they got banned from the U.S. Uh, for four years. And the U.S. Well, was like, explain it. yeah, the U.S. was like, we're not giving you a work visa to come back here. We don't like you guys. Um, you're just like British punks. They got in fights, you know, because they're brothers. A lot of times they'd get into it on stage. I guess they were drinking a lot, you know, at the time. I kind of researched a little beyond the documentary because I wanted to know why they got banned and like what actually yeah. happened. Um, they used to do. Oh, my God, this is great. They, they did a quote unquote extended rendition of You Really Got Me. And somebody wrote, I don't know if it was five minutes or 45 minutes of that song. But I think it was one of those things where it was like their hit song and they were probably over it and everybody wanted to hear it. So they're like, oh, you want to hear it? Okay, we'll just jam this for a half an hour. So I think we're going to play this now and then never play it. again. Yep. Yep. And I guess I guess the the low point kind of when it all went down um, was they were supposed to play on the Dick Kivett show. And basically, like they got in a fight with like one of the TV production guys in the back. And he was like, you're a bunch of commie wimps and this and that. And they were like, you know, screw you. And, you know, it was just that that mid 60s, you know, America versus, you know, the British invasion kids that were coming in with the long hair and all that stuff. So that basically America was like, you're not coming back. Well, at that point, Ray Davies is like, you know, I think they had like two more records, but right away their music went from like this rhythm and blues inspired kind of what the Stones were doing, what the Beatles at the time were doing, um, inspired sound to like this really overly British, overly, you know, um, London-esque, you know, vibe of music that they all grew up on. You know what I mean? And they're like, we're just, we're basically going to go sound British as fuck is like basically what they went and did. So they had like two more records and then they came out with this, uh, the Village Green Preservation Society record. Um, And it's just a really cool, the documentary is, um, it's really cool. They play a lot of the music from the record. So the first half is kind of them talking about what I kind of told you, you know, how they they toured and this and that. And then the second half is really just all about this record. So I thought it was kind of funny. I ended up doing more of like a riff library on this, uh, you know, on this album because um, I, I'd only listened to it once or twice. So in preparation for this doc, I went and listened to it like two or three more times. And, um, it, you know, it, I gotta say, man, it's a fucking awesome record, dude. It's, it's, it's just weird. It's just really weird. All the songs are different yet. They all kind of fit together through the record. Um, I would say the one song you might recognize from there is, um, the song that was from that HP commercial picture book. Do you remember that? Oh old yeah, f- I totally remember from that from a few years ago. Or that, like, or I remember that uh, song for yeah, sure. Yeah, and um, so that's kind of like the big hit. I think that commercial is, actually uh, gave that. Is yeah. Waterloo Sunset on that record? I believe so. Dude, that's that's the jam. That's jams. a beautiful song. I, I believe it is. Song. It's either that's either on this record or maybe the record before it. Um, okay. But like I said, that's when they started getting really like we're going to sound British as fuck. So. Um, yeah, man, uh, it's a it's a cool thing, and it and it's also kind of a historical record because it was the last record of the original lineup of the Kinks. You know, um, I know Ray and Dave stayed together for a while, but they switched out bass players and I think another drummer at some point. So it was kind of a kind of a monumental record. So the the movie was called Echoes of the World. Um, you can find it if you look hard enough online, uh, or just yeah. drop drop us an Echoes I. Echoes of the World. It's pretty cool. D- uh, any 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 uh, any gear spotting? Um. You know what's funny, man? Not I. There was a lot of gear I didn't recognize, man, because like you know they're playing a lot of that British, those British guitars. There was Summers like a and shit. yeah, summer. There was like a Fender Newporter, like the acoustic, you know, with oh, the Fender yeah. headstock. I saw he was playing in one shot. 
Oh man, that's a good question. I I didn't see like any fenders, you know, any like no strats, no. There might have been a Jaguar at some point, but I it was it was very like um, yeah, just really obscure. And and they played a lot of different guitars, you know. Like it was one of those movies where every time they show them live, they're playing like a different instrument or something like that. So it was kind of funny. Um, good old days. Yeah, the good old days. I've got so. a quick quick update. Um, the Gearbuds Fly has returned. Oh, good. Yeah, great. Okay. The, just I think I think this week's guest is uh, <laughs> Debate Fly. Well, we he welcome to the show, Debate Fly. Wow. Well, good one, man. I I like that because I yeah I you know I, I like I like the case. I like everything I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never gone out of my way to become a, a deep dive kind of fan. So yeah, check out that record at least. I'm going to. Yeah, I have to. It might give you some good amazing. inspiration too. It's it's very. It's it's weird. There's just a lot of weird sounds, but it, everything kind of fits. So it really was a, a good a good clean fun record for sure. Rating time, arbitrary rating time. Arbitrary rating. Uh, I'm gonna give it two out of two brothers. How about that? How many do you need? That's all you get. <laughs> two out of two. There Dude, it is. Hundred percent rating. Love it. Yeah, I love it. Awesome days, Doc man. Thanks, buddy. I'm gonna what I'm gonna keep us? it I'm gonna keep it in the era and uh, weirdness, but probably definitely definitely weirder. Ooh, uh, I'm gonna but a couple years ahead, going to 1971 here to a double LP from Can called Tago Mago. Are Whoa. you are you familiar? No. What is do you this? know? You, you don't know the band Can? Okay, I this don't. Is, dude, this is a great this is a great start. Okay, there. There's a chance I don't know. There's a chance you might have heard it. There's a chance I've played it in front of you before and you just didn't know. Okay. Uh, so, okay, so Can was basically one of the originators of Krautrock. Oh, cool. So there's this German band. Uh, this is their second LP that we're talking about, Tago Mago. The first with Damo Suzuki, uh, who was the lead vocalist. He was actually a Japanese dude who then had moved to Germany at the time. I guess the story is that he was literally like out busking, and this band Can already had who had already done a record with this other guy. Saw him and they're like, "Yeah, you should come jam with us." Whoa! And then they did, uh, and then and then the, they played a gig that night with him. Like the night that they met him, <laughs> I love stories like He that. came and did, like That's he did so a gig cool. with them. Uh, but it's this. Uh, how do I describe this record or even this like band? They've they've gone through a lot of different sounds. Krautrock in general, I think, in some ways, is defined by a lot of repetition, and, and mm-hmm. they definitely do that. There, for instance, you know, it's four sides. It's a double LP, and and side two is one song. So you know, they're like long, repeating sort of compositions. Sort of this like psychedelic rock funk experimental music mm-hmm. um which uh you know man doing doing my own little research on it i found it just, i'd always love this record don't get me wrong but i didn't realize how much people love this record in fact drowned in sound the blog called it arguably the most influential rock album ever recorded wow which is kind of kind of wild <laughs> it's pretty wild uh, they did it over they did it over three months uh, in this, you know, in one of those stories that you hear about from back then, where just like some rich person had this castle and was yep. like, "I really want you to come live here for free for a year and just and, record." Yeah, and that's what happened. They were wow. like, "You can, you can just come live here and be this like crazy, weird experimental art band for a year and live here." So they spent three months doing it. They would do these like sixteen-hour jams every day, mm-hmm. and then edit it down uh, in fact the bassist uh i think was the like actual producer and uh, engineer and such on the record cool um it was done to two track with only three mics like the whole record and and there it's like these full band jams okay. so speaking of you know mic techniques and stuff it's cr- like 
and it's crazy how good it sounds and there's still so much separation and 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 like you know you can hear the drum sort of pan like all the whole drum kit sort of panned over off to the side a little bit because that's like the drum mic that was probably that's like where also, it was. yeah right and that's probably also you know the vocal mic or something it was like they're they're sharing all these mics the vocals are definitely uh for a person like me who who don't who does not particularly pay close attention to lyrics most of the time because Damo Suzuki's vocals are half like partially English, partially gibberish, partially German, partially Japanese. It's like not real language thing. Um, which if, you know, if that sounds exciting to you, this is your record. I don't know. I mean, I I'm a melody like man. As long as there's like decent melodies, I'm in. There's definitely yeah. really, really cool melodies, a lot of really cool rhythms and, and tones. Uh, it's not, you know, it's, I, I listened to the whole thing again this morning is, and it goes by faster than you think for being like a double LP of sort of experimental music. Right. The first two sides are definitely more, I would say song focused. And then the second record, uh, is definitely a bit more heavy on the experimental stuff. Um, cool. but the, oh, we've talked about this and actually I thought about you when I was learning about the record, the, uh, part of the, some of the takes that were used were actually sort of like secret in between recordings where, right. Right. Uh, the bass player would roll tape and like to not and tell people they weren't recording that they were just rehearsing, but then right. they were act, they actually were recording. That is that has been confirmed to have been one of the sort of that's techniques awesome. used on this one. Oh, it's good yeah. to know I'm not totally crazy in that thought that that works sometimes. That's awesome, dude. Totally. The one thing I'll say, and I don't know that I ever noticed this before. So I've got a oh, I bought this used, you know, as one does probably like ten years ago from Reckless. Mm-hmm. And it's a double record. It's the reissue. It's not the original pressing. I would love to have an original pressing. But the first record is, you know, they're 180 gram vinyl, nice, nice vinyl. Uh, the first one's black. The second one, I don't know if this is intentional or if this is what they were all like. It's sort of this like clear brown gold color. Oh, really? Yeah, it's really strange. When like, was I don't it know pressed? We, uh, this pressing is probably from like the, I would guess the mid 2000s. Cool. Or like two or like, uh, well, let's see. I bought it. I can see here. I bought it April 2010. But uh, I don't know when this one was pressed. But it, it is for sure the reissue. It is not the original pressing. I can 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 confirm that. Dude, this sounds fantastic. I'm definitely throwing this on after the uh, after the pod today. Throw it sure. after on at the pod. You know, all you have to do. I'm going to put it on the old Gearbuds Spotify playlist. Oh, Just yeah. hop on over to that playlist, I and you and the rest of the world can go and listen to all these these choice treats. Dude, that's awesome, man. And and I gotta say, man, there's nothing. One of my favorite genres, like no matter what the actual genre is, the subgenre being late 60s, early 70s experimental just might be like, I don't even care what it is. It's going to be cool in one way or another. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, if if it got to the point that it was released on United Records in the the 70s, you know, like it wasn't just some dickheads on drugs uh, recording for like two hours in a basement. This was <laughs> right. three months of hard work for this, you know, real art, art outfit. Whatever. I love that, man. Hell yeah. Whew, man, we've been, Great I feel wreck, like we've dude. been kind of been going for a while already and this whole episode episodes kind of upside down. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like maybe just like a couple quick things we can touch on. Real yeah. Fast I think we should the, hit the, the big here. one. Uh, the big one that happened. We should definitely week. hit the big one. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I don't want to get too far into it cause I'm still pretty sad about it. Me and too, I man. don't want to like feel sad, but obviously, you know, I, I think everyone probably knows what you're alluding to. We, we lost Mr. Edward Van Halen this week. Yeah, man. Yeah. At 65 a, years. That was of hard age. one, dude. That was a really hard one. So that was a really hard one. We're all, I think we're all in this, in this gear world, probably in some ways indebted to him. Uh, and, and I've talked about 1984 as one of the first, <laughs> one of the first riff library records we did. Yeah. And I mean, everybody, we all we're huge Van Halen fans around here. That's no secret. And, 
that was that was I would say in the same sort of vicinity of of sadness and tears as I had with David Bowie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, man, that that's that big. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I just want to say, you know, I threw on um, and we were talking after it happened, and I threw yeah. on uh, the first Van Halen record. 1978. I mean, and then, you know, just to hear those riffs and then, but to also hear like the levity and like David Lee Roth's vocals, it kind of balances. It kind of made me like not as sad. And I was actually like, really, I really enjoyed listening to it. And I think I cranked my speakers as loud as they would go um, for that one, you know? So just, you know, if you guys haven't, you know, if you're too sad, throw it on. It, it's not, a, it's, yeah. it, it's not as hard as you think. And, and, you know, and, and, and show your respects, you know, pay your respects, I think. Oh yeah, dude. I, I definitely uh, have some, as I've alluded to, some been doing some footage, uh, have some some uh, test footage from over at the space that I was doing, uh, and in in the background. But it's it's you can't not miss it. I was just like on my PA, pretty much as loud as it goes, absolutely utterly blasting Van Halen yeah. that day. Hell yeah, uh, dude. shaking 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 me into my bones. And so. they are they are a band that sounds like the louder you turn them up, the better they sound. Like absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. The absolutely. nice thing though is that I've shared some with you. You've shared some stuff. People have been sharing. There's a lot of cool video and yeah behind the scenes footage and stuff of him coming out now. So that that's the sort of I guess the only silver lining is that now we get to see all this really cool content that maybe we missed before or people hadn't put out or something. Absolutely, man. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, um, cool. Yeah, I, I wanted cool. to touch on that. That's, no, I'm that's glad great. you did. Got it on here. A couple other things real fast. Yeah. Uh, this maybe this will. Uh, maybe this will perk us up a little bit. Not profound in any way, but I had this thought. Uh, sh- uh, you know, like shimmer reverb. Mm. That like reverb where it's like it's it's yeah. it's not, it, it became very popular for a mm-hmm. while where it's like it's at the high octave thing it does. I've decided that shimmer is the chorus of reverbs. <laughs> so you're saying you don't really use it in any application? I don't use it. I understand why people are drawn to it, but it also inspires me to feel uh, nauseous (laughs) now now is it i mean like anything else is it can it be something if used tastefully or maybe just a just a dab on there you know maybe that's that's okay or is it like there's always a better option i mean i I, i've tried it uh i've got it in my kemper Uh, i've had other things that do Mm -hmm. it it's just it became such a it's almost like a pog pedal like the instant somebody ever steps on a pog that's all i hear is that pedal yep now when i hear shimmer reverb all i hear (laughs) is that high octave digital uh, there are some better some that are better than others of course yeah uh and anything if you if it's hidden in the background whatever but i just man that sound just it it's it's I feel like that is the sound of like that will when people think about the like dating a sound from twenty sixteen or seventeen or something. Oh, it's like, hilarious. oh, does it have a pog and shimmer reverb? Like, right. That's kind of just like the thing. That's great. Yeah, I'll have to uh I might have to go back through some of my recordings I've been doing and, and maybe just throw it on there make just sure, to make sure make sure there's extra high octave shimmer for Throw it on Charlie's guitar and not tell him about it and just see exactly. watch him be like, Whoa, this sounds great. <laughs> All right, so here's the last thing. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this. Okay. One. I wanna. I wanna just. I just wanna. I. I haven't thought about this one in advance. I want to keep it quick. I don't want us to get too deep into it. I want okay. this to be like a nice little way that we just like wrap up the show here. Sure. So I want to do. I want to ask you a question. Okay. You are forced to go live somewhere that you can. You can bring any four bases or guitars, mind you, but you only get four for the rest of your life. 
what would you what would you bring with you um pick well, so my the way i'm thinking about this is pick forever that's how that is literally how i got to this this game i, I put those words together i don't know why interesting it reminds me of the uh the long lost desert island episode we had that uh didn't get recorded yeah yeah a little yeah. bit a little bit but if it's it's only guitars right we're not going to get into like effects and amps and all that fun nope. stuff okay strained let me be clear though strained instruments guitars yeah. and basses yeah so well uh my first thought is is i would do two basses and two guitars okay I mean, I feel like I'm just so vanilla if I just say like... Are you literally just going to say that the the four guitars that you have? Well, it ju- I just happen to have, but like... Well, no, that's not fair because I think... Um, Any guitar in the world, you, I'm saying, you know what I mean? Like, it can be another 62, but it can be like any of that. I, I'm not going to try to influence your decision. I'm just giving <laughs> you your options here. Like, do you think I should pick like famous people's guitar? Is that what you were? I don't know. I uh, maybe. Yeah. That's hard. And does a double neck count? Ooh, that is a. I love that answer. Yeah. I hadn't thought of that, and I think that co- that's one guitar. All right, you so, can hold it one at a time, dude. God, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah, and I can sit down and play it if my back gets sore. I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> the first guitar I would pick is uh, uh, Jimmy Page's um, double neck, the twelve ds twelve seventy five. Yeah, dude, for sure. Oh my god, brilliant answer. Yeah, because I'm so I, I might want that twelve string at some point. You know, I might want to get in there, get crazy. Um, I might have to steal that answer. I don't hey. know. You know, it's, 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 it's fair game. Uh, I wasn't expecting this. So I'm, you know, I'm a little right. How about this? I don't want to go. I don't want to have to list all four of mine. Let's go back and forth. Let's go back and forth. You're right. You pick one then. Okay. All right. I'll say that I'm going to do three guitars and one bass. I don't know what they are yet, but I, I know that I don't need two basses. I can, I'll just take, if I can't, I, I, I'm imagining in the scenario, I can like take the bass that I have already that I bought from you years ago and just like try that up against every other bass. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, uh, in this, in this, in the, like I have access to try anything. So I assuming that there's something better than what I have, that's what I would take. But if not, I'm just going to put as a placeholder, my first, I'm just going to pick my bass. I'm going to say the bass that I have right now. Okay. Because great. I know how it works. It's got the P bass. P- a pickup in it it's got the j bass pickup right. in it there's your tone i could theoretically swap some pickups in the future if i you really could upgrade it to. sure uh that i don't I, do what i maybe ever want a five string and yeah, maybe i don't know but i don't eh, whatever i'll just use a synthesizer instead i'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with the four string fender p bass with a jazz bass pickup in it okay Okay. And, and you, then, so I chose my bass after I talked talk to you out of choosing your stuff. You chose Jimmy Page's double neck. And you, and you said you might also take that, or or are you saying that, that I don't is know the yet? Second? Okay. I don't know yet. All right, we'll wait till the yet. end. Um, I would have to say, you know, I love my jazz bass, but I think tonally, because I'm I'm going for tones. If we're stuck on this island or we're stuck in this castle or whatever it is, um, I want to make sure I have as much Ooh, castle. Tone. Yeah, desert. Ca- not How about desert, desert uh, castle? We'll yeah, go. Like, we'll go with a uh, prairie castle. I love it, man. Right on the top of a hill or something. Um, I would I would actually go like a 1960 stack knob jazz bass because then you've got okay. the concentric pots for you know the tone and volume on each on each just in case you know just in case you wanted to do that. Um, so yeah, 1960 jazz bass, preferably in uh, Olympic white, would be probably my my next pick. All right. So I know I know I'm gonna need two electrics. I'm gonna pick my acoustic guitar because I absolutely need to have an acoustic guitar. Uh, and, and, and I hate that I can only have one, uh, because I feel like I want to have like a big dreadnought flat picker as well as mm-hmm. a finger style finger right. picker, but I, I, I need to have two, two different electric guitars. I just know that. 
So I'm going to go with some sort of pre-war Martin, like a maybe a double O, like the silver tone I have is sort of, you know, trying to be like the just like the best sort of player pre-war example of a Martin double O. It's like we'll say I, I know people really like the like the 1938 ones or 1937, yeah. no, 1938. I'll say it like a 1938 Martin double O. I love that. Yeah, that's a good call. I'm I can't. Surprised. I don't. I can't think of like a specific one that I would want. You know, like some somebody's. Uh, yeah. So I I reserve the right to change this, and maybe this is a game <laughs> that we can we can, re, we can revisit uh, at a later date to see if our answers change. But it can be a so far, I've got just like my base, and then a pre-war Martin. Yeah, and I mean, got double was, neck and and the sweetest stack knob jazz bass ever. Yeah, and I like that you said, you know, not to, not to piggyback too hard on your answer, but I I do like that you said acoustic. I do find myself sitting around the house playing a lot more acoustic than plugging in my you know everything and and going around. So I'm gonna have to say an acoustic guitar for the next. Oh, one were, you, were you not going to? I, I didn't really think about it, man. It's okay. funny because right. it's yeah. just like I was like, oh, two electrics and two jazz basses or whatever, two two basses yeah. and I'll be fine. But now I'm really trying to think about it. So, you know, I've already got the six and the twelve, you know, kind of got my humbuckers covered with the double neck. So let's go back. Let's go back a little bit to the acoustic thing. I like the pre-war Martin. Honestly, though, man, I really like your uh, your Centennial Martin a lot. And I would oh, have me to, too. I, I would have. And I'm, I'm actually a little surprised you didn't take that. But obviously a pre-war is really cool. Um, well, dude, that's more, that's much more of a, of a flat picking guitar, which is awesome. And, mm-hmm. and it's amazing for that. I play a lot of finger style these days. So yep. I did, if I can only play one acoustic, I would prefer something that I think does both a little more so leaning on finger style. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I'm more of a, you know, a strumming kind of guy and totally. kind of a, a flat style. So I think, uh, yeah, man, I, you know, I don't know enough about, you know, Martin's and old, I mean, you know what I'll take, man, give me that, um, Give me that old, like, the John Lennon, like, was that the LG2? Oh, the Gibson. The Gibson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he definitely played a handful of different ones. Are you talking about the one that had, like, the pickup? The two knobs uh, on it and stuff? And yeah. the knobs? Yeah. yeah, I can't remember. I can't it's remember the mouth. Is it the LG2? It? No, it's not a Hummingbird, but it's it's in that world. I know exactly. And it's got the sunburst finish and the, and the pickup and the two knobs. Yeah. yeah those those like, are super cool. Yeah, I like the LG2. We'll just... And then, it plus, that. it's got a pickup now, too, so you could see? theoretically throw a little d- Distortatron on I mean, that. I mean, I'm going to be uh, I'm gonna be alone in my castle, man. I'm going to run through the Sonos house system on that Well, I don't think you have to be alone. I think there's just, like, for some reason, you're not allowed to buy any I don't know why I always picture myself alone in these scenarios. I'm yeah, like, I, I want to jam too, dog. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Okay, so I, so I would you say got that, you though. got John Lennon John Lennon's acoustic. That's yeah. I've never cool. even played one. I've played Paul's LG two. Or he's an LG oh happy one, happy birthday, right? Is t- isn't it today's birthday? Uh, yeah, today is actually John so, Lennon's 80th birthday. Not when you're listening to this, but when we yeah. recorded this. Yeah, as of uh, October 9th. Yeah, correct. Nice. Um, cool. Back to you. Okay, so that's three. Uh, so that's my third, right? Yeah, this is your All thing. All right. Oh, boy. So here's, the, here's, here's, the, I, I've saved the hardest decisions for last for myself because that's what I do. Uh, I know I need two electrics. They're probably both going to be Gibsons, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, one of them, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to punt right here. I'm going to pick the double neck as well because I think that's a brilliant okay. choice. Uh, Thank and, you, sir. And, and I could also, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say Jimmy Pages because I would feel guilty modding it i want to be able to put p90s on one side <laughs> would the you do it on SG one side? side that'd be cool yeah i think i would put 
I mean, maybe, or maybe just like neck on one, bridge on one. I don't know, but I, I, I know for sure because I own one. I love the sound of an SG with P90s. And so I would like to have that option as well as having the 12 string electric option. Okay. Um, because I think that's a brilliant idea. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with maybe like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll take like Don Felders or some, something like that. Like, you know, his, cause I don't really care about the Eagles. So I don't really feel precious about fucking with Don Felders double neck, but it's still a cool one to get. So I'm going to take, okay. I'm going to take Don. Or is there a cool? No, no. Oh my God. I've got, I've no John McLaughlin's double neck. Oh, John dude. McLaughlin. In Mahavishnu Orchestra, the white one that he played, I want that one, and then I'm going to put some P90s in there in some different, maybe in like one position or something. I love that man. I think that's a that's a fine oh, choice. Got sir. it. Got Good it. Job. Oof! I almost I almost failed there, but yeah. I, I'm glad well, I, I would have held you to that. Your answer, had you would have. I know. Yeah, I had this happen one day. Um, exactly. Jeez. Uh, your last choice here. So yeah, you, I'm guessing it's is it going to be a P bass? Man. Or something like hollow, no. or like. You know what, man? Paul McCartney's Hoffner or like Jocko's bass or see, I don't Les Claypool. Honestly, I, I, I think I'm good on basses. I think Whoa! I'm, yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, man. Well, Just that stack knob jazz bass? Well, that stack knob, those stackies, bro. I mean, that thing, if you want to get like a... <laughs> You can get you can get a single coil like um, if you run just that neck pickup, you know, just the single coil. You can get a nice thump out of that. I'm, I'm you know, I I will miss the P base neck profile, but I don't think I'm yeah. gonna go with the P base because wow. P bases are great. But to be perfectly honest, like you know, I think I think they just sound really good in a mix and they sound great with a band. But if it is hypothetically potentially just me, um, I want to make sure I get some kind of Fender jangles in there and I'm, I'm gonna have to go with like an old strat man i'm gonna have to go with like yeah. a like a 63 strat no you know what like a 59 strat but like the first year that they did the rosewood with the slab board um give me the two-tone sunburst you know make it make it beat up to make it make it well played and lived and loved and uh and that'll wrap it up for me man doing that 59 last, strat that dude. stratocaster man Sick. absolutely i love the neck profile in the 59 as well wait so, so. give me the, let's get the full rundown of yours before i so yep. i can n- not have to decide on mine yet uh, okay jimmy got jimmy page you, double neck. first J- well jimmy page jimmy page double neck i said the stack knob 1960 jazz bass yep i said the uh the the john lennon um happy 80th birthday um uh-huh. a- acoustic i think it's the lg2 potentially correct us if we're wrong out there um and the um 59 stratocaster with a slab board rosewood please Just, you, know, you know what that means you've gone to gibby to fender yeah yeah I never i always absolutely would have thought that you would have gone more fender well i, I want to have well i think with see i like gibson's um acoustics to you me are far superior than anything fender's ever done acoustically um, and then I will also say that, yeah, I'm going to want some humbuckers from that double neck, you know, even though that thing's going to be a bitch to strum around, you know, to like sling around the house that my castle, you know, they're not, they're not light. They're not light at all. So it's going to be maybe a sit down and record kind of guitar. But yeah, so that's, those are my choices, man. That was, that was fun. I like that. All Wait. right. So I've got, so I went, I went, I went, I just went seventies P bass. Mm-hmm. Uh, which God, I, you know what? Maybe I should change that to your P bass. I'm, I'm going to think about that. Um, <laughs> you won't regret it. The uh, pre-war Martin, yes, like, probably thirty-seven, thirty-eight, double O, some stuff, some some. Probably yeah, that that's probably what I want. Uh, John McLaughlin's double neck Gibson, mm-hmm. EDS twelve seventy-five with P nineties in one side. 
Yeah, I don't know what which where exactly it. That, that's that. There has to be some room for experimentation there. That's what I'm going to do in this castle. Fair enough. When I'm not allowed to hang out with you either. <laughs> and so my last choice here. Okay, so I feel like, I mean, I feel you about the the jangle single coil thing. I feel like I could probably get away with just using the P90s for that. Okay. Um, I haven't I haven't said a Les Paul yet or 335, I which know, are my man. two my two favorite guitars on the planet. I mean, you could get a burst Les Paul while we're sitting here, you know. I think I would choose a 1960. No, see, I can't even say that. I was going to say I would choose a 1960 335 over a Les Paul. Wow. But I just really like playing mine. I really, really like the neck. I've never played a guitar whose neck profile I like more than my 335. I mean, and, you could take your own 335, but that seems fucking lame, dog. I've got, <laughs> I can get, I can get Keith Richards 335, ah, but okay. I don't know if I'm gonna like the neck. And this, this one has a skinnier fretboard profile or a, a, a fretboard width, right. Than standard, like they did it for like a year and a half or two years. So I don't know. You know what? There, I'm gonna actually take it all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm going to go back. We've talked about this guitar on the show before. In fact, I think with the band Rookie, there was a, it was a 62, 330, no, no, 68, 335, 355, maybe three, no, 68, 345. Boom. There it is. Yeah. yeah, That I played in, in a Chicago music exchange video doing some, I don't even remember. I think it was T-Rex with that song, with that uh, guitar. And that guitar was absolutely one of the finest instruments I've ever touched in my life, and I think about it all the time. I would choose that red 345, maybe 355 now that I'm saying it out loud, but I think it was a 345 from that video. Um, and we actually could verify what it was because I think I say it in the video so I could go back and check. But All right, so my rundown then was P-Bass, Martin, Double Neck, mm-hmm. and a 335, Do, no less pulse. Yeah, there's no less. In the house, even like between us, there's no less pulse. The house that Les Paul built. <laughs> I, and I will say this. Um, I mean, people know we are vintage nerds around here, but oh, we just man. we just picked all straight vintage guitars. <laughs> like no one was like, I want that PRS custom. We never dad top. even that never even crossed our minds. Did not cross my mind. For, and I, I, I have a lot of fun playing PRS dad tops and, and all those guitars. I love Ernie Balls and all that shit. But just like if I could only have four for the rest of my life, bass, acoustic, electrics yep that's i don't know i i honestly feel great about it i do too i feel very happy i'm gonna go on ebay right now and look for a 1959 stratocaster and just see what they are see if i can uh liquidate my see if he's uh, looking for trades yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) oh 50 grand oh okay no problem well that went on longer than i thought it was going to but i'm glad we did it because it was fun that's a fun and i encourage you all uh, if you've made it this far in the episode however long this is i'm trying to open it up now to see how long we've been going here i'm guessing about an hour and a half yeah Uh, if you made it this far in the episode maybe maybe play along maybe um maybe tell us what you got yeah yeah feel free to write us why we're wrong about what we want (laughs) and correct us anytime please well, buddy, I had fun. Yeah, me too, man. This was a good one. We needed to get a, just a Dave and Hank episode in, and I, I feel really good about it. We did. It, man. We've all got right. some cool guests coming up and all that good stuff, but sometimes we just need to we need to take the time to do a little self-love for our relationship. I love it, man. And keep those Craigslist posts coming, you guys. Feel, feel yeah, free please. to get snarky on Share there. Share them our way. Be polite to Buddy, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, man. I feel, like, I feel like one of these weeks, man, maybe we should uh, try doing one of these in person again. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely miss it. That's for sure. Sick, buddy. All right, my friend. Well, uh, have a good weekend and all that fun stuff, and we'll talk to you. Bye.